0: They were
1: called nasties and they were nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect
2: adults as well. An extravaganza of gory violence capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it. I have
1: never seen the video, Mr. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know. Is
3: in that film. And welcome back to another episode of Doing the Nasty podcast. This is season two, episode fourteen. Maybe. Good. Thank you. Uh, just, just looking for that confirmation. Yep. Oh, just always look yep. for that confirmation 12 plus 2 uh, Yeah, I am one of your hosts, <laughs> Duncan And joining me is my co-host for the whole of season 2 He's working his way through that tier 3 list of the video nest Is, is of
4: course, the phenomenal Mark Ball How you doing, Mark? Doing excellent Happy February to all the folks listening uh, It's already been a, yet another sh- show of a month in the world And uh, we're, we're just going to keep on chugging along Thankfully, we've got a couple of fucking amazing movies to talk about tonight
3: are are you are you finding it difficult to muster the sympathy for other parts of America right now that are complaining about some snow? I always feel when like I I see other parts of America complaining about snow, you must be like sigh, because it'll be gone relatively quick for them, but you have like you're like thirty months. days a night, you yeah, <laughs>
4: months and months of this shit to look forward to. So that's. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The fucking, they're definitely, we we don't get snowstorms that gnarly either. That or like mm. homes homes down that south are just not not, they're not for like for a for it. Yeah. yeah, so it just fucks everything up, kind of. And yeah, I don't know. I I, I do feel bad for a lot of these people because it's been just an absolute shit show. But, uh, yeah, I don't feel bad for Ted Cruz who tried to fucking run away to Cancun <laughs> for the weekend and got caught red-handed, and <laughs> blamed it on his children. <laughs> That was a, that was, a that was a great story.
3: Well, I, as a, as a parent myself, Mark, I will tell you right now that that is the reason that you have kids as an adult. You have kids so you can blame all the terrible things that may come your way on those kids. <laughs>
4: I didn't it's want to. Operation but the kids, Human Shield. <laughs> kids were fucking complaining, so I had to get on a plane and take them to Cancun.
3: Yep, let's get them to Cancun. And obviously, as soon as I got them there safely. I realised that I would then come back. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're not we're not going to hold that over me, guys, are we? Are we? Are we, guys? Seems you uh, are. I mean, that's not great. Uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's so, been a so weird like bad. Yeah, we had like we had relatively bad snow here, which kind of caught us a little bit by surprise, um, and that that was that was fun. I mean, I, I, I suppose it wouldn't be, f- it wouldn't be fun if I had been active over the last couple of months. But I've very rarely left the house at all. So when I looked outside, and it was snowing and it was quite heavy. I was like, eh, <laughs> yeah, fine." <laughs> That's just another yeah. reason for me not to leave the house. Cool. Uh, so
1: <laughs> Thanks, fine.
4: universe. That's really the only reason that I don't like this cold, shitty weather is like get, trying to get around or get anything yeah. done that involves being outside for any extended period of time. Fucking sucks.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think just in general, especially when I don't know, like it just seems like if there's even just a flurry of snow, like it, it's almost guaranteed that people on the road just drive like dickheads. Yeah, i do I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what is where people. Like at that point, decide I will drive like a complete fuck, and it'll, it'll upset everyone, and there'll be a couple of near misses because I clearly don't. So yeah, a, a bit of that. And uh, but but what what I like to think is this: it's the it's the power of the the mighty the scales of justice balancing things out. Shitty month versus two surprisingly strong picks for the the video nasty show this week because we're doing. Dawn of the Dead from 1978 and Shogun Assassin from 1980 on this episode, and uh, yeah, I get the feeling. Just gonna tap into my psychic ability here. This is gonna be one of those episodes where we don't have much in the way of bad things to say. So we'll take that as a win.
4: Yep, definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> these are um, these are two masterpieces, man. Like those, those shower cards. These movies fucking rule.
3: Yeah, this was this was a good month, (laughs) and all I'm gonna say is like maybe four months from now when the picks aren't so good, remember February, (laughs) just cling on to that February because there are still plenty of great movies dotted around in here. So yeah, we're gonna be talking about George Romero's like classic Dawn of the Dead and Shogun Assassin, which I knew nothing about until we spoke last time, uh, and having now seen it and the first two. Uh, lone Wolf and Cub movies, which are essentially the cobbled job of this movie. Um, yeah, I, I, I've rounded it my knowledge on that, which made me feel really good. So I am very much looking forward to getting into the discussion on this show. And you, you know what? Just in general, I've been watching a ton of good stuff in the last month. I, I, I am I am fairly high on life. Uh, I had a, I've had a chance to chat to kind of DIY. Filmmakers, a guy who directed a movie called *Citor*, which I mean, that dude spent seven years making that movie and built everything from scratch, including the fucking soundtrack. And it's it's a dark, <laughs> it's a dark little fucking movie, uh, creeped me the fuck out watching it. Um, and like like from his stuff, uh, through to mutual friend of ourselves, Jill Six, uh, got a chance oh, yeah. to catch up with her. Believe it or not. Six years since the last time we had spoke to her.
4: Oh, damn.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think it might even be seven. Um, so I was just like, oh, my God, I'm getting so old. But, a yeah, getting a, chance to <laughs> getting a chance to catch up with her off the back of her movie. And I remember speaking to her way back in 2014, 2015, and her saying, yeah, I'm going to make a feature movie. And now to see that feature movie not only on my favourite label, uh, but to see like her do an intro video to her trailer, like for Empire, um, I was just like, "Fuck sake!" Like it's you know, there's, there's and it's a good movie as well. So I'm not like that. That's the the horrible thing. It's like when you get invited to see your friend's band and they suck, and then they ask you how the set is, and you have to think of any creative way that doesn't use the word interesting or different. Uh, so. So, like me and Bo have been talking about this a lot. It's a good thing to do. It's like You really feel the passion in that performance. You're not talking about the music, though, Mark. You're not talking about the music. Yeah, you telling them around that they are passionate. Yeah. So, um, no, it was really good. So, uh, no need to tiptoe on eggshells around Jill as well. So, I, I've had a. You know, it's, it's been a not, not bad month. And by the time we speak next time, I will have watched the seven digital movies that are making their way to Glasgow Fright Fest this year. Oh, um, nice. Of which I have not a steer on any of them. <laughs> so Like none of them jumped out as this is going to be amazing. Subsequently, none of them jumped out of at me as this is going to be shite. So I'm kind of hoping even if they're all just middle of the road, I can live with that. I can yeah. get through that. That's all I'm saying. And um, what about yourself? Uh, any anything worthy of note that you've uh, you've checked out in the last month?
4: Uh Nothing new really. We went back and rewatched all of the fucking Marvel movies like from back Jesus. to front. Uh, it, yeah, it took about a month. Uh they're they're really fucking good though, man. I really really, really like them. I, there's a couple I'd never seen, like I'd never seen the first couple of Iron Man movies for some reason. Like the very oh, wow. beginning of all yeah, of it. The,
3: yeah, cool. Cool. And those
4: are those are some of the better ones. Uh yeah, other than Although that, Mickey Rock's face, I mean yeah, I mean, and you, you can spot him from a mile away. You're like, oh my god, it's fucking Mickey th- Rourke. I'm
3: like, see when you see him, you think he is wearing an Iron Man mask, and then you're like, no, oh, that's his face. <laughs> or you wish that's he was? Actually, <laughs> that's, his, that's his face. Dear God, why did S- someone not tell him stop?
4: <laughs> well, sorry, Mickey Rourke. Don't don't come to our houses and punch us or anything.
3: Well, uh, <laughs> like, you look back at like some of the earlier movies with him in them, and he's he's a handsome looking fella. And then he just... it looks like... Have you ever seen Star Trek Insurrection? Um, there, are, there, there are these creatures that like are ancient, but they have to keep having their face lift and stapled. Um, and that's kind of what Mickey <laughs> <laughs> looks like. <laughs> it looks like a fucking alien having a face lift. Um, <laughs> so just Iron Man's you hadn't seen? Was there anything else? Weirdly, I, I have seen them all. Um, even though I don't like most of them, <laughs> right? Still seen them all. Uh, any other ones? Just the Iron Man ones that you hadn't seen. Uh, I
4: hadn't seen the. I don't think I'd seen either of the Thor movies either. Which those are kind of those are lower on the list for me. Although I do kind of I like the character of Thor. I just don't think those yeah, are great. The movies The first kinda... movie
3: is a hard work, like yeah. a hard work to get through. That second movie I didn't mind so much. The third movie, which is Ragnarok, I think, is legit good he's yeah. a very fun, very quirky movie and the fact that uh, Taika Watiti's doing the fourth one yep. makes me excited because I, I like that. I gravitate more to, I've spoken about this before, I just can't do the whole the world's about to end sort of thing over and over again. So I tend to gravitate to the ones that don't really do that. Yeah. So things like Ant-Man, love the Ant-Man movies. Um, things like Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of love them because they're kind of distant things, and all the the spacey Thor stuff that isn't set on Earth. Find all that, but just like just all the like when it, it, it there's so many holes and things like that. They start to you know what I'm like as a film watcher, <laughs> Mark. You know I'm like I'm that. Like, this right, is right, bullshit. I'm just like, well, here's this insurmountable anyway that's facing off against one of them. Wait one second, if only it was a member of a team of, oh, wait one second, none of them are here. How convenient. Um, oh, that happened again. Maybe we should put something in place to stop that happening again. <laughs> uh, you know, just <laughs> so fucking, just like, oh, my God, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, there, and we had a whole year without them last year. Yeah. Ain't no more. So, um, and I think they're like that, oh, you didn't have any last year. Well, we will have 75 TV shows and 74 more movies. i, I
4: didn't say like that. WandaVision's been really fucking good too. I almost kind of think you would like yep. it.
3: I will love it. I know I'll love it. Um, I'd like, I, I was hooked from the trailer. Like, oh, okay. from the trailer, I was like, yeah, this is my sort of weird. I have not watched it yet because me and my wife tend to binge watch things. So right. I'll wait for it to finish. It's the same with The Mandalorian. Like, we didn't watch... We didn't watch The Mandalorian at all until, it was like six months after it came out before we went through the first season. And then we waited for the entire second season to finish before we watched that. Things like Cobra Kai, hadn't even touched Cobra Kai. uh, And then it came across to Netflix. And then I was like, oh, that third season's coming out. We'll just not watch it until the third season then binged all them. So as soon as WandaVision's all wrapped up, I'll be on it for sure. The weirder the better, and it sounds like it's weird, and that's that's my bag.
4: Yep. So. I, I think you'll I think you'll dig it. It's very mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's it's super abstract.
3: Yes, that's my shit. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> that's who you get, Duncan. In. That's who I think you get, it's that.
4: starting to lean into kind of like a horror thing, like late in the season too. Which I, I think they're set, trying to set up the next Doctor Strange movie and like some other stuff that's going to be a little more horror centric. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah, I, I I I
3: look forward to it like that. And, uh, Doctor Strange was another one I liked that movie, ah. um, and yeah, I like that character, and I like what's happening with that. Um, I, I would like to see Scott Derrickson see it through, but uh, yeah. Sam Sam Raimi ain't no slouch. So yep, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, lose one guy, gain a Sam Raimi. I think we're doing okay. Yep. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Mark, we have two great movies to discuss here. Uh, I feel we just should get the heavy hitter right out of the way so we're going to take a short break for our listeners they're going to hear I don't even know who does the intro for this one Um, it might be Alan Jones, if it's not Alan Jones it'll definitely be one of the heavy hitters it'll be Kim Newman or something we'll speak about Dawn of the Dead you'll then hear the trailer when we return it myself and Mark sitting down to discuss that movie right after this
1: and now we come to George Romero's Dawn of the Dead probably the best film on this compilation probably the best film in the uh, you yeah, know the, the whole hall of, of this period one of the few that's that's remained a lasting classic. And yet everyone forgets that in Britain it wasn't particularly well treated originally. It was retitled. It was called Zombies. They didn't even do it consistently. It's called Zombies in its opening credits and Dawn of the Dead in its end credits. This was the version, in fact, that premiered at the London Film Festival in 1979. I know I was there. And then had a successful theatrical run. But this was the very birth of video. It may well have been the first Video taped film I saw on Betamax, of course, and I suspect it made a fortune, even though it's a, a slightly BBFC snipped version that was around. But it was one of the kind of wonder films of the early days of the, the video rental industry. I think it was one that everybody saw then. I suspect we don't, we could fill the rest of the uh, this tape, the, um, the interview with we just talking about the things about this movie everybody knows and how important it is and what a major influence it is on subsequent horror pictures. But just in terms of its influence on the video industry, I suspect that it was the release of this picture on video that inspired the release of all those other zombie pictures. Uh, yeah, The the famous Italian zombie movies, which had started... they, They got theatrical releases off the back of the success of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, But then they became the kind of mainstays of the video nasty list. It's interesting that this was only, as it were, grey-listed as a video nasty. I think even then there was a sense that George Romero was a cut above the Italian hacks, uh, that this was a reasonably serious film. Uh, And I think even the people who were predisposed to be upset looked at this movie and saw something that was plainly operating on a completely different level. Not that that usually stopped the the censorious, um, but it meant that there were more people in its corner willing to fight for it. In the UK, the theatrical distributor of Dawn of the Dead were Target, with a precursor to Arrow, who was still in business. On video, it was Alpha, who was Stanley Long's company, who were quite big as a, an early video distributor, I think even they were aware that they they struck it really lucky with Dawn of the Dead, um, that I assume they just bid it, bid the, the most for the rights, uh, and that they didn't do what some distributors did. They didn't take advantage of the fact that... Um, yeah, they didn't have to release the BBFC version. They did release the BBFC version, which is very slightly cut. I think if you watch the two back to back, you'll notice some. There are, there's a famous head exploding that's gone, and there are some uh, gun sight shots through where you see the telescopic sight and the the head exploding. Those were trimmed, uh, but it was more or less left alone. I, I don't think it was it was horribly compromised in the way that some of the the these movies were by having anything remotely gory removed, leaving only the wandering around scene. So uh, it was a, a film that was treated reasonably respectfully as as, <laughs> as zombie pictures were. The reason it's in this kind of hinterland of almost a, a video nasty is almost to to tick off the boxes. It was the other big zombie flesh eating movie around at the time when zombie flesh eaters was one of those movies. Want people wanted to toss into the fire so it was almost like oh well you might as well take this as well and then people said yeah it's actually quite a good film and that's quite an important movie uh i think it's a yeah a, in the the trawls that went round you know there are stories of people taking apocalypse now because they got it mixed up with cannibal apocalypse you know and i think this is one of those and to be fair to ask the police to make distinctions between one zombie film and another. In a day before, yeah, you could go on your yeah your iphone and check the imdb to sort out which is which when even companies didn't know which films they were releasing when certainly the bloke who ran your video corner store had no particular idea what was on his shelves and who made it it was difficult to ask people whose job was was had nothing to do with this to try and make those distinctions but i think that's just part of the grand tragic comedy of the video nasties year
0: this situation must be controlled before it's too late it is too late they are multiplying too rapidly Run if you can but there's no escaping the zombies george romero brings you face to face with the dawn of the dead there's no more room in hell the dead will walk the earth Zombies.
3: And welcome back, so you've just heard the trailer for Dawn of the Dead from 1978 this is directed by the late great master of horror Georgie Romero, who also, dir- uh, who also wrote it as well as directed it movie stars uh, a fucking hodgepodge collection of great actors and actresses. I'm not gonna read them all out because we'll be here forever. Because uh, I always feel like you're doing a disservice to that one great part that we'll mention later on, uh, if we don't mention everyone. Um, synopsis for this one is, following an ever-growing epidemic of zombies that have risen from the dead, two Philadelphia SWAT team members, a traffic reporter and a television executive's girlfriend seek refuge in a secluded shopping mall. Now, I get the feeling on both of these ones, I am gonna take a back seat to you, Mark Ball, because like I've known you for a long time now. We we've been uh, we've been podcast companions for seven years, um, and in that seven years, I know there if there's one guy that you will go to the fences to bat for every single fucking time, it's a little guy by the name of Romero. So um, I I imagine you probably could have recorded this episode. Without watching this movie again, you probably seen that enough. Oh yeah. Uh, but you you sat down last night. You told me you took one for the team and drank your body weight in and, in uh, and, and liquor. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, you went back through this one just getting just getting the mood Um, what was it like revisiting Dawn of the Dead
4: Uh, it was it was an amazing experience until I woke up today with a horrendous hangover but uh, (laughs) no yeah I just got a little excited to have it had been a couple years since I've seen it but I've legit seen Dawn of the Dead probably somewhere between 100 and 200 times in my life like this was on all the fucking time in my teenage years Mm -hmm. and it was always like it was that perfect perfect time where you could get the u.s theatrical cut and the extended cut and the european daria argento cut on vhs mm-hmm. on those nice clamshells that anchor bay used to put out like with the protective clamshell case those were fucking so i still have a, a couple of them um but yeah at some point i got given a copy of night of the living dead and i can just kind of like kicked off my whole love of horror and shortly after i'm pretty sure i found the U.S. theatrical cut at one of our local video stores and took it home and rented it. And it's, like, it's... I mean, you can tell... I I could tell even back then that it had been made, like, considerably later because, obviously, like, it was in color and some of the effects looked a little bit better. Uh, But, like... Man, like, nothing can prepare you for your first time seeing Dawn of the Dead. And I can Mm. kind of imagine... I don't know, by by the 80s, it seems kind of tame, especially, like, the, the shitty... 3M company blood that they used in this movie for some reason and like I don't know it's just got like so many goofy moments like the pie fight and stuff that like I don't know how you could really take this that seriously to want to ban this from a video store because all the violence is like very cartoony and it's just like a goofy it's all zombies like they're there's there's a little bit of violence like directed towards yeah. the human characters, but like most ninety percent of this is all like zo- zombie related violence. So like I, like kind of when you mentioned on some, one of the previous episodes about you know fantasy violence as opposed to like realistic like violent human on human violence kind of deal. So um, yeah,
3: like like for example, even even out with that as well, like. Th- I know it's later on, but the censors in the UK didn't really have that much to say about a movie like Robocop. Yeah. And Robocop is
4: violent as fuck! Yeah, it's infinitely more <laughs> violent than Dawn of the Dead, I
3: would say. <laughs> yeah, but not not a word about that. It's just, it just it, it reeks of hypocrisy. Um, it's like, well, this movie's like, it's kind of low rent out in a, a small distributor um it's not out on a you know a big film company or something like that so yeah we we need to we, we can get this one off the shelves a lot quicker
4: and i imagine like night, night it, it might also be the thing where like night of the living dead had already landed itself on the list and was a, a fairly i'd say controversial movie when it came out like due to the mm-hmm. you know violence and graphic nature of it and how how scary it was to people back then so Uh, It might just be a guilt-by-association thing uh, with Dawn of the Dead, I I think, maybe. And, like, really, I mean, I guess if you watched, like, the trailer for it, uh, which is, like, essentially kind of a highlight reel of a lot of the great Tom Savini special effects, you might be able to, like, get away with being like, well, this is definitely for, like, a mature audience or whatever, but I just don't understand how how they could ban this fucking movie, or neither the Living Dead, for that matter. Yeah. Um, I think?
3: Yeah. <laughs> do, do, I, I was gonna say the thing that kind of the thing that always got me about Dawn of the Dead. I remember seeing this when I was young. Um, would it would have been in my early, early, early teens. And the thing that always got me about it was it's like it's like a proper experience watching this movie. Like some horror movies are t- like it's just a movie, you know what I mean? Like you sit through. It. But in the case of this one, the way it like just the, the fact that it's set in the mall and the fact that, you know, like, which on paper is everyone's dream yep. and a lot of respect you is to be like, I thought if you are me, when you were younger, you were like, imagine, imagine being locked in a, like an off-license at night and you just have as much beer as you want, yay! <laughs> like, which, I mean, like, like, at some point you're like, I mean, that sounds good for the, the night you're there, but would you want to be there all the time? But then when you think about it, it's the perfect... Living environment. If you have to take shelter somewhere, as a mall. It's, there's everything there, but then if that mall is beset by the undead, it becomes your uh, tomb. Yeah, it does. It really does. Like, it, you know, it it, it converts the the, the the fantasy to like a nightmare. Um, so I always loved that about that. I always loved the fact that like like Romero gives you the zombie movie, but he also puts a bit, of, you know, the a bit of the societal commentary in there. Um, and you know, I mean, it's a little bit ahead of its time as well. But you know, there's a there's a, a statement here on capitalism in general, which doesn't really. It's like no one took heed of that warning, and then the eighties come along. Uh, it was like, yeah, let's do everything that's not in this movie. Um, so like, they got they go out for it. But I mean, it's is surprisingly vicious in parts. Like Tom Savini is you know still still a in here but he's, he's delivering the goods i mean I, i've still my opinion has never really changed on the blue zombies um i know why he did it and it definitely makes him stand out and that's kind of cool but i then know of some other zombie movies that are made like in close proximity to this in italy where they kind of abandon that and go for a much gnarlier look yeah. um but then those movies had more money than dawn of the dead had so you know it's like six and a half a dozen like he's trying to juggle a lot and on a much grander scale than a small jungle zombie movie directed by fucking fulci for example um so you know he has a lot more moving parts but yeah i think that the performances are super 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 strong in this movie like really kind of incredible and they hold up like i there's there's a at least one aspect of every single character in here that I see in other people that I know or would recognise in any situation that I've ever come across that I would class as a crisis. Like, the people behave very stereotypically in line with how people behave. And i, I, I like really, some people are complete shitheads when the shit hits a wall. Some people fall apart to pieces. Other people become complete survivalists. Other people become like dickhead survivalists. Um, and it kind of runs a gambit of that. I think that works incredibly well. And then you've got all the other cool stuff on top of this. You've got the the Italian score for the movie, which is fucking oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah. um, you've got all that. You've got the the fact that the stories in the background that like Argento like basically gave Romero his home for you know a couple of months and said. Go for it right here. Get away from America. Um, Romero knocks the script out in less than a month, and he's good to go. And Argento, all he wanted was the the rights to release the movie in Europe as a as a favour back. You know, he would sort out this the score and all the rest. And then you get the Argento cut, which I know a lot of people don't like, and I know I'm in the minority on this one. Uh, I really like the Argento cut. Um, I'm not just saying that because. If our gentle shot on a screen, now would probably still give it five stars. Um, it's different, but it's good.
4: It, it it trims it down so it's not as long. I think it's like closer to ninety minutes rather than I think the theatrical cuts like two hours and six min- minutes or so. Yeah. My and it makes it a lot seem a lot more like an action movie. And there's like yeah, it, it gets a it gets it down makes, to the meteor bits. Yeah.
3: Which which is weird because on paper it should be the other way around. Like Argento's the one that usually is like, no, the movie must be two hours, and it must have a huge dream sequence in the middle, um, and it is, it's weird that he he edits it in that way. But I do like it does chop out a lot of stuff. Um, what was interesting is like we spoke about this recently with Deep Red. The Italian cut of Deep Red has a lot of humour in it. Has this kind of love story sets up a lot more kind of red herrings, the American cut of the movie, the Hatchet Murders, or whatever you got over there, is like oh, fucking 20 odd minutes just chopped out of that movie, yeah. and it's repackaged and stripped down, so it's weird to see it happening on the other side, where like you get this you get this masterpiece, and then you get another master of horror sitting there going, no, no, no take all this stuff out, <laughs> like, like, Italians don't care about this shit, yeah. <laughs> like the, the mall we don't have malls here, fuck that uh, you know, like, it's, it, it's weird to see all that done I think, here's the thing this is the movie that really puts zombies on the map a lot of people think it's Night of the Living Dead and it is to an extent, certainly is a movie that turns a lot of heads, inspires a lot of filmmakers to make movies but this is the movie that pretty much every zombie movie after this movie you can chart right back to this movie in one way, shape or form and I don't even think he knew that when he made that movie it was going to be that influential and in some respects it sadly became the the kind of the anchor to his career like he always he, he could always finance maybe not fully but he could always finance dead movies easier than he could any other project that he wanted to do yeah um and i i, I feel that I, I i feel so sorry he's the he's the director i feel uh, that whole class of masters are is the one i feel most sorry for and that he has a great body of work but had he just been given some of the free reign that always oh, craving got, or you know, or an Argento you know, like t- to an extent as well, if he'd just been given that room and a bit more cash you'd, like you can imagine like, I love Day of the Dead, Day of the Dead is like a, I, I, once again going for an, uh, an unpopular like, thing. like, Day of the Dead is, to me is the better movie over even Dawn um, but it's a movie that's heavily compromised like hugely compromised, you read that original spec for that movie it sounds the tits Um, and they were just like that, how
4: much money you want for that? No, I'm not giving you that fucking money, don't be silly Um,
0: well they were willing uh,
4: to if he could deliver it rated R and that wasn't really an issue when Dawn of the Dead came out because in 78 you could still release a movie, in America anyway, you could release it unrated and it would drive, you know, play theaters and drive-ins and stuff like that but yeah that that was the deal with the studio on day of the dead they said we will give you this money but you will deliver an r-rated movie that we can market everywhere and george said i the script isn't it's (laughs) i'm still gonna do it unrated (laughs) dude that's what people want
3: (laughs) the 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 script says no um it's weird that the script actually says no um and what's it says it says george romero Turns around to producer, raises middle finger. <laughs> oh, no. oh fuck! Look what I'm doing. Um, it's, it, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I say, I just I feel I feel very. I always felt sorry, and then the whole dis, the whole um, the rights issues to his movies and all the rest. He's a guy who, because I think, because he was so ahead of his time. Like Night, Night of the Living Dead is. Like people forget how early that movie came out. <laughs> I think it's just like you, we, you know, he's almost a a victim of naivety then, and that just carried right through. you can never really shake that. Um, I mean, it's we could. The thing about this movie is, I don't think we're going to bring any clever witticism or commentary to a review here that has not been done either by ourselves on separate podcasts. Yes or is widely known out there. I watched the... For this run, I was going to watch the Argento cut. I stopped myself. Uh, I watched uh, the, the, the the proper cut of the movie on the new 4K UHD release from Second Sight, which, by the Ooh. way, blew the tits off me. It's fucking incredible. Looks amazing. Uh, maybe one of the best prints uh, on 4K UHD that I've seen yet. Um, it was just like absolutely awesome. And it finished... and. It's weird, you, you joked, I think it was on the last episode, about this movie deserves to be in a museum. Um, and this is the... If it's not, this movie needs to be in a museum. I think this is hugely culturally important. Not only for cinema, but it's a movie that's still... It, it invaded the pop culture in, in such a way. Like you don't have The Walking Dead, for all its pros and its, its cons. You don't have The Walking Dead, which was the cultural mecca of TV for, for a long period of the last decade. Yep. You don't have that without Dawn of the Dead. You don't have like the, the the resurgence in in kind of zombie movies from twenty days later without Dawn of the Dead and you don't have all that Italian shit, which is fucking amazing by the way. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you don't have all that Italian shit had it not been for this movie. So um, in terms of the censors the why it was censored, I imagine it has a lot to do with very much what you said uh, Night of the Dead was on the nasty list as well um, I get the feeling it was a case of, we're going to watch a little bit of this, oh someone's throat's been bitten out, No, nope. banned, without giving it his day in court at all, oh. uh, which uh, kind of sucks
4: I'll bet you also um I don't have the fucking V. I don't have like the original VHS release of this anymore. I think I used to, and if I remember right, if you flip it around on the back, I'm pretty sure the machete head zombie is probably on the back. So then, it, like we we talk about box art and shit on this show a lot because. I think a lot of their judgments were based on dumb shit like that and that might yeah. that might also be another thing is you can flip it over and oh somebody's being killed with an implement of some kind so ban Oh
3: yeah that's a that's a hardcore ban in the UK if there was anything, anything I told you before anything involving like a like a power tool a weapon or anything at all and someone being hit with it struck with it in blood banned Yep so um, you have driller killer to thank for that uh, <laughs> they were like well, like we're going. We're going. You're banning movies. Well, what do you think of this front cover? Um, fucking amazing. Well, a, a different time. <laughs> a different time. Um, anything. I feel like we haven't. Like I say, it's a difficult one to talk. I, I think it's difficult to without dissecting the movie step by step. It's difficult to really talk about and the Dead because this is just a. It's, it, it is a universally known top tier horror movie. Yeah. Like if you were building the Mount Rushmore. Of horror movies and you didn't have Dawn of the Dead in there chances are you fucked up somewhere so yeah I don't really have anything else much more to say so I will leave the floor to you anything, you, like, anything else you want to say about this one before we uh, we jump out and talk about Shogun Assassin which I feel we're going to speak a lot more about because I just don't think many people have seen either this edit or the lone, lone wolf and cub movies
4: right uh yeah as far as dawn of the dead it's aged incredibly fucking well it's been i've been watching this movie like pretty frequently for 20 years now and like i still it it introduces new ideas i guess or i i interpret things in different ways like i feel like the older i get and the more times i watch this movie and like the first like 20 minutes of this thing like before they ever get to the mall is packed with so much like Social commentary and subtext that's kind of ridiculous. Like I, I was just sitting there last night. And I was like, "Oh, he's talking about the media and how, how it's like s- still the same kind of problems." And uh, yeah, I, it's it, it's 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 bullshit that they tried to ban this movie. Honestly, this it, 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 it belongs in a museum.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and on that, on that, we're gonna jump over to our next movie. Uh, We're going to finish off the show by talking about Shogun Assassin from 1980. This is uh, uh, cobbled together. Um, Although that doesn't do anywhere near the justice to actually how they cobbled this together because there appears to be a a great deal of craft in this one from the first two lone cub and wolf movies. You're going to hear those learned folks. Fuck knows who's going to be talking in this one. Um, And then the trailer, myself and Mark, I'll come right back to discuss Shogun
2: Assassin right after this. Here we have Shogun Assassin, which is one of the greatest exploitation films, I think. A lot of people think Shogun Assassin was on the original Section 2 DPP list, but it actually wasn't until later that it appeared on the Section 3 list. This version is directed by Robert Houston, who actually edited the first two films of the Lone Wolf and Cub series. In fact... In this film, they only use the 10 minutes of the first film, and most of it comes from the second film, which is The Baby's Cart at the River Styx. There's six Lone Wolf and Cub films. Lone Wolf and Cub series is a very uh, long-running manga, TV series, film series in Japan. Um, It concerns a samurai and his son, who go on the road defying the shogunate. This is during the warring clans period of Japan, obviously. And because they, he defies the shogunate, the shogun sends out all the clans after him, but the clans are into fighting as well. But he has enormous skill. He's almost better at swordplay than anyone else. And his aim is to walk the path of hell, bringing destruction wherever he goes. But he also ends up helping a lot of small villages and um, women and children along the way. But there's always almost a lack of morality to the main character. And for the American version, they've taken the action scenes of the first two films and edited them together with a sort of simplistic narration by the supposedly the son of the ninja. They also take out all the interwarring clan stuff. They just say the Shogun. So whenever you see the actually who's the leader of the Shadow Clan in the original film, they just say the Shogun. Um, but it moves fantastically because the film itself is so beautifully choreographed. The violence is almost operatic. There's all gazes of blood just floating everywhere, but it's all long takes and it is, very deliberate, almost balletic action. When there's a sword fight, it doesn't last long. The plot in the original is very traditional to the Judaiki genre, but the American version is obviously a very speeded up version because they've just taken the action. American actress and comedian Sandra Bernhard did one of the voices for the film. Also, Robert Houston got deaf people to come and suggest lines by reading the lip movements of the Japanese actors so that they would sing better, which works to a degree. Some of the bits actually look like they're saying it. The music was actually composed for the American version. It's credited to the Wonderland Philharmonic, but it was actually uh, one chap doing it in a How Home studio. It uses some of the themes from the original but it's generally more synth-based. It's no surprise it when on the Section 3 list because the violence is at a level that the UK probably hadn't seen. The blood just flows freely for minutes at end and there's also the fact that the lead character always travels with his child and the child gets involved in these sword fights. The baby cart is well equipped with knives and in one instance it's, he's rolled down the hill and he operates the knives to take out the ankles of these ninjas that are running towards them. And you see in graphic detail, the ankles split and coming off. Uh, I'm sure that didn't bode well. And there's a scene where the child is uh, hung on a harness and then dropped into a well really fast, which probably panicked all the moral guardians out there.
0: Return to the vanished kingdoms of ancient times. wizards, and barbaric passions. Behold the saga of a legendary warrior, a loving father who has the power of a dozen armies in one sweep of his mystic blade. This is a story of honor, disgrace, vengeance, And a man who became a demon. Shogun assassin. Once, he was the greatest of the magnificent samurai. Now, he hunts the evil lords who butchered his wife and stained his honor. One man and one child defy the most notorious masters of death on the planet. Like Father like son meets the greatest team in the history of mass slaughter. Nothing on earth can match their infernal fury. Nothing on the screen can match this awesome spectacle of sword and sorcery.
3: Welcome back. So you've just heard the trailer for Shogun Assassin from 1980. This one is uh, directed as maybe a strong word. Um, Robert Houston and Kenji Musumi. So Kenji Musumi is the guy behind the Lone Cub and Wolf movies. Uh, Lone Lone Cub and Wolf? Am I saying that right? Lone 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 Wolf Wolf and Cub Cub movies. Yeah, I'm getting all confused. Um, Robert Houston You don't know who he is, click on his name because you will be taken straight to pages of stuff that that guy did, including his involvement with Wes Craven's The Hills of Eyes. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, So, this movie stars a lot of Asian people, so Duncan is not doing that um, at all. I'm not even entertaining it. Uh, The synopsis for this one is when the wife of the shogun's decapitator is murdered and he is ordered to commit suicide uh, The paranoid, sh- by the Paranoid Shogun. He and his four-year-old son escape and become assassins for hire. Maybe the son doesn't, but uh, embarking on a journey of blood and violent death. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I have owned the Lone Wolf and Cub movies for what feels like an eternity now from Criterion, and uh, I'd never watched them. And then, obviously, when we were getting ready to do this, and we were talking about it last month, you threw the curveball at me. You were like, well, this is basically like, you know, it's a kind of smooshed version of them. And I was like, huh? Um, And then you are right. There's like approximately 13 minutes from the first movie, and it's primarily most of the second movie, um, which I imagine is probably why it was banned in the UK, because most of the second movie is just... Fountains of blood, <laughs> t- <laughs> carnage, <laughs> fucking—it's absolute violent mayhem uh, in the best fucking possible way. Although, doing a bit of digging around, this movie actually did have a theatrical run in the UK where they cut—wait for it—two seconds of runtime. Huh. I wonder what two, two seconds. seconds.
4: What two seconds? Could they fucking
3: Partly, the two seconds involve the bit just before the stabbing, where the kid looks up and sees the glint of the sword. And the BBFC in the UK were like that. Nope. Child did not see violence. Oh wow. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah, literally, that was that was that was the line. Um it was rounded up, but wasn't actually officially banned um in the UK. So it was never prosecuted, but like these copies were rounded up. So well, yeah, like I say, it's approximately like 12, 13 minutes of the first movie, purely interspersed for context. So, to give you a bit of context to who these characters are, because the second movie understandably assumes that you've watched the first movie. Um, So, it's more there for that. It's redubbed, obviously. Um, Rescored it a little bit as well. And it follows a slightly different format. But, I'll be honest with you, having watched the original two now, uh, with four still to watch, I I loved the original two. I thought they were both fucking great. Um, you don't really have to sell me on those sorts of movies Uh, but then watching this one uh, it makes sense why they did what they did and I'll be honest with you as kind of cobbled together we've done a lot of these on the video nasty list you'll have to look at The Revenge of the Boogeyman which is what 45 minutes of the first movie with just some other stuff tagged on the end and they thought no one would notice um, (laughs) like at (laughs) all like I've fucking seen this Uh, this is a, this is, Jesus this is a long flashback Um, like watching it here there's craft there's craft, there's care on it infamously this movie because I I deep dived in this because it just seems so weird that they just wouldn't release the original ones which is better dubbing which is what would be standard practice at the time Um, Roger Corman <laughs> Believe it or not, uh, Roger Corman helped distribute this to drive in theatres. Um, and uh, it cost a bit of money to get the rights for them for the Western market. Uh, and Robert Houston and the guy whose name is not listed here, where is he? Because there's another dude, another American dude. Um, whose name is not on this list That was uh, New World David Wiseman okay. David Wiseman
4: yeah I think some of those dudes were the New World Pictures dudes uh, yeah. which were yeah, so all kinds David of David
3: Wiseman <laughs> was, was instrumental along with Robert Houston in getting the the rights to this one which he paid 50,000 US dollars for uh, for the first two movies and then converted it into one but they saw like Next to No Return and these movies were surprisingly popular you know, like, this movie particularly was surprisingly popular on the ground... Uh, on the, um, kind of, exploitation uh, driving theatre arena. They did well, they played for a while, but, you know, you crack a deal with Roger Corman, you know, maybe some of that money goes missing. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe some of that money finances five Corman projects. Yep. You know, Just, like, overnight. Uh, so, yeah, they didn't really see much, but, I mean, uh, you know, it's... It's a weird one because this is, like I said before, this technically isn't a banned movie. Like, like none of the tier three movies are banned movies; they were just confiscated. So it was confiscated, but you could, within a couple of years, get your hands on it. And then by two thousand, when they repealed the 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 Video Nasties Act in the UK, there was a DVD of this one pretty fucking fast. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's it's one of those ones where. I expected it to be something different, but I'm so glad it isn't the thing that I thought it was going to be. This to me is the like I've got I've went through a phase recently of like lots. I think it's Gosa Tashima has ruined me because uh, I <laughs> the computer game because I like I, I love Kurosawa movies and you know I love movies about yakuza specifically anything about the feudal Japanese culture the shogunate and all that. So I'm in with that, um, and so when I sit down to watch a movie like this, having been surrounded by some weird entries in the nasties list thus far, there's a part of me that's just like, ah, oh, yes, like yeah, like, I can turn my brain off, sit down here and watch cunts get sliced. Nice. Um, had you seen this one before? Is this, like, because you you knew a lot of information about this one like, even when I mentioned it last month. So, had you seen it before, or were you just aware of its reputation?
4: I had never seen the cut that's called Shogun Assassin before. I uh, I first became familiar with these, like, around the time the first season of The Mandalorian came out, because a lot of people were making reference to it and were like, oh, this is exactly like Lone Wolf and Cub. So, mm-hmm. I, I I was familiar with those, and, um, yeah, I, I I signed up for the Criterion channel solely for the purpose of watching those movies. And I, I don't know, like, samurai movies and stuff like this have always been kind of like a blind spot for me for some reason. There's a shitload of these that I have never, ever seen. Like, my, my knowledge of, like, Kurosawa and stuff like that is fairly limited, I, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm always working to try and correct that. And, yeah, I, I think Lone Wolf and Cub movies are a really good place to start because it's just, like, not super deep. I mean, like, the Shogun Assassin is kind of like a perfect... Uh, like for the drive-in and grindhouse experience kind of cut of the first two movies because the the other ones are like fairly serious and dour and also super insanely fucking violent but like yeah the shogun assassin one is very it's very 80s like i I really kind of like the score for shogun assassin it's like all (laughs) all super duper synthy 80s like type shit that is very much my jam and yeah it it just it cuts out a lot of the like i think slower parts of the first movie like in fact like almost all of the first movie is missing except for like the 12 minutes but um like i I think i think that's kind of why they did that is because it's it's got some slow parts and they wanted a movie that was like gonna be a real crowd pleaser for people to go and see like see stuff like this because yeah, I mean, I think even back then, like, this was kind of a gamble to bring over to American audiences because it's not something they know or that they're used to. It's kind of the same with, like, a lot of Toho's other stuff, I think. Like, Godzilla's always been, like, kind of a niche thing in, in, mm-hmm. in the States, whereas in Japan, it's fucking humongous. Like, Lone Wolf and Cub is, like, their marvel because it's a, it was yeah. based on a manga <laughs> that's been running for years and years. Um which I've read some of those and they're really fucking good too. You can get like digital copies of those fairly easy. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a super rad movie. I can kind of like I, I don't know the the violence is so cartoony though like it's it's just
3: well, that's why I think it was maybe only two minute uh, two settings that were cut out because when you watch it, like you see it, it's so it's so over the top, like so ridiculously over the top. That it makes sense to me that the BBFC would be like that. You no, know, we we just don't like the idea of a child witnessing it. Yeah. So we just want that removed. Um and it's implied. Like it's an implied shot of a kid like being blinded with the glint of a sword, which is about to stab someone. That they, they just don't like that. So but the actual violence, like the, the, the effect of what that sword stabs is in the movie. You know what I mean? That, that's still fucking in there. Yeah. Um so, like, they didn't appear to have a problem. I think you're right. I think it's because it is so over the top. Like, it's so <laughs> cartoony. It's so manga. It is so manga. You know what I mean? It's 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 difficult not to. I mean, it's it's every like. You, I don't think you get. I mean, this is Shogun. Sure, like, according to IMDb, so I will take it as fact. Um, is the, like we already know it's direct. It's a direct reference in movies like Kill Bill, for example. But they, make, they mention this movie in Kill Bill, so um, specifically, this is for um, the bride's daughter uh, watches at night when she stays with Bill, as uh, she watches Shogun Assassin night um, so there's a, there's a part where you're like, course Tarantino fucking loved this movie. Yeah. Uh, like, it's kind of fucking, like have you seen a Tarantino movie? Uh, his his violence is very much the same sort of over the top cartoony shit. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's a it, it's a because narratively speaking, I mean it is a. Like it loses, it does lose something in the translation. I felt that was maybe a mistake, but I understand why they did it because the the Japanese one is it's unfair to compare the two, but we kind of have to when we're doing the context. The Japanese one really doubles down on why he's doing this, the honor class in Japan and all the rest, and the Western version, the Chogan assassin, don't really. We don't really bother doing that no, that much, right? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that might not translate well. Terms like honor and value <laughs> it might not translate well to audiences who just want to, like you said before, go and see it at like one in the morning. Uh, you know, knuckles deep in their girlfriend. And, <laughs> uh, there's no way, there's no way to say that that doesn't come out horrible. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? There isn't. I've, honestly, I've tried. There's no there's no way uh but you know like they're they're really like it's it's the sort of thing where we're gonna like remove these loftier concepts that are obviously ingrained in japanese culture and just go for something which feels more western and there's part of me that like i say, i like as a viewer of cinema from that part of the world i like those concepts you know that makes me feel like i'm gaining i'm a better person when i have those concepts but i understand Fully, you're putting this in the drive-through circuit. Yeah, we can drop that. Yeah, uh, that totally makes sense. Um, yeah, I'd, even like the kids' dialogue and shit like that, um, it's a bit weird. <laughs> like you know, you I mean, like the I, I'm a three-year-old, and I, like I can get your inner dialogue was a wee bit kind of strange. But yeah, overall, I mean, if you've never seen *Shogun Assassin* before. The weird thing is, I would say, if you've never seen Shogun Assassin before, I would still get Lone Wolf and Cub. I would still get that box set, uh, or get the Criterion Channel, or whatever it is, because, trust me, the first thing I was thinking when this movie finished, uh, like, this version of it is, I would have loved to have seen, like, a sequel. I would have watched the shit out of a sequel, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I have a box set with four other movies (laughs) that exists so I would say go down that road uh, for sure but yeah I mean this is this is a pure joy to watch like I thoroughly thoroughly love this one Um, so I don't have anything else to say I, I have also just suddenly any sweeping like, remembrance to my head here we didn't grade the previous movie so we're going to have to grade both these movies together I think we
4: pretty well gave yeah. Dawn of the Dead a case dismissed I, I was thinking it's about that <laughs> it's yeah, totally yeah. a case like,
3: dismissed if you, uh, yeah it's a case like dismissed I think like, I, like yeah definitely and I think in terms of Shogun Assassin like the violence we've said it before the violence it's a super violent movie but it doesn't at any point feel real
4: Yeah, at all. You could you could show like a at least like thirteen year old this movie and they would love it and it wouldn't like horrifically scar them or anything. Like this is my my
3: six year old sat down and watched Jurassic Park three tonight, and there are people getting mauled by dinosaurs (laughs) in that fucking movie. So like like full out mauled. Like she watched Jurassic Park two last weekend. I'd forgotten, there is a scene where someone is grabbed from inside a waterfall, pulled it, and then the waterfall becomes a tsunami of blood. <laughs> just, there's seven-year-olds watching it, like, six-year-olds watching it with fucking popcorn. <laughs> so, you, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, you, like, my daughter could watch Shogun and Assassin, I don't think she'd be bothered at all, because it is so cartoony, it is so over-the-top. Yep. So... Yeah, weirdly, I'm 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 gonna double down on this one and say case dismissed on this one as well. Yep. I just don't think there's like there's anything egregious about what happens here.
4: Same here. Yeah, nope. this is this is uh, this is pretty safe viewing. And uh, yeah, one I, I kind of wish I would have discovered when I was like 13 or whatever. But like for whatever reason, it's taken me years to go around to. Like a lot of the like samurai and martial arts movies. Uh, that's not true. We were we were definitely all obsessed with like Jackie Chan as kids. And like, oh yeah,
3: Police Story and stuff like those that. those were oh,
4: super yes. hot shit mm. at the time. But yeah, for whatever reason, the samurai movies have all kind of eluded me. So like, uh, yeah, if somebody wants to drop some suggestions in in the Facebook group for you doing seen, nasty, yeah,
3: you've you've seen you've seen the Takeshi one, something. Yeah, you?
4: I've seen Thirteen Assassins and Blade of the Immortal, and I right, think there's one other really one fun. I haven't seen that we couldn't remember. Oh, he's always got about seven.
3: Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, got, like, he's, he's got about seven. So no, that's cool. As long as you, as long as you take those uh, as the modern ones. I mean, the best. I mean, you're gonna like you're gonna get a lot of people just telling you to check out like Seven Samurai and stuff like that. The, the Kurosawa stuff's the way to go. Yeah. Um. W- with that Ran, if you want to sit down and have an other kind of an otherworldly experience, the movie Ran, like get your Sunday afternoon booked off. Get a couple of burrs. Um, get a big old bowl of popcorn. Uh, you know what? Treat yourself. Get a big old bowl of popcorn. Dump some M and M's in there. Oh yeah. Dump some M and M's in there, and then you sit down and you basically watch, um, you know, Kurosawa do Shakespeare, but in the form of Samurai It's fucking incredible. Oh, it will blow your tits clean off. Uh, full color as well. That's just, oh man, I might watch that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you gotta put that um, on the list for the master. weekend. Um, yeah, and then stuff like the like. I, I mean, these will be movies like the Zatoichi ones, the the Blind Samurai. I mean, yeah, I've ever like, heard, always K- heard of Kundo. those.
4: Those sounded really cool. Oh, they're
3: fucking great. <laughs> like, that's just like a he's just a fucking hard, old, gnarly, blind samurai bastard just chopping the fuck out of people, it's amazing <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's loads more, there's loads more um, and when when this podcast finishes we'll lump on, we'll just do a samurai cast um, and that will never end um, but yeah, uh, we're going to take our final break when we come back, uh, after promos for shows that we love, uh, we'll be closing out the show right after this
0: This is a test of the emergency podcasting system. Listen to the Psychosemantic Podcast. Politics, movies, and political movies. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, Stitcher, LegionPodcasts.com. The Psychosemantic Podcast.
3: And welcome back. So, you've been listening to Doing the Nasty. This has been Season 2, Episode 14 We've discussed Shogun Assassin from 1980 and Dawn of the Dead from 1978. Two absolute fucking barn burners. But where are we going next, I hear you cry. Well, uh, maybe not the same level, uh, but it proves to be an interesting combination as myself and Mark will be looking at Christmas Evil, (laughs) a.k.a. You Better Watch Out. Yay, (laughs) Christmas (laughs) in March. (laughs) <laughs> by Lewis Jackson might still be snowed dude um, <laughs> probably so, <laughs> uh, so I've got a blurry unopened here I've seen it before though um, a toy factory worker mentally scarred as a child upon learning Santa Claus is not real suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work and embarks on a yotade killing spree Ho, ho no um yeah, so I, I blind
4: bought the vin, do you have the vinegar syndrome blu-ray of this I don't. i've
3: got the i've got the 88 films one so it'll be the same okay. print. yeah so this
4: blind is, bought this because it was on sale at some point i think i paid like eight bucks for it yeah. and i guess it's worth every penny uh, kind of not great uh, it's
3: fun but it's not great yeah. um and then the next one which... The cover art for this one has had me giggling since I saw it. Um, We will be doing The Astrologer. Okay. AKA Suicide Club. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) um, This one is directed by James Glickenhouse, who went under the pseudonym. Jim Glickenhouse, which I think is less a pseudonym <laughs> and more just that folks call me Jim. Uh, you Some know, glicky. I was going? Glick. <laughs> you know, folks just call me Jim. You know, they don't call me anything else. Uh, so yeah, this one. I mean, interestingly enough, this dude directed The Exterminator, which is like legit fucking awesome. Um, it's like, like from the from the 1980, so it's just like like a whole host of nonsense and I believe he wrote but didn't direct um, the second one so he did uh, Exterminator 2 uh, he also did the McBain movie that's right
4: <laughs> the goggles they do nothing <laughs> I love that
0: <laughs> oh, one of my favourite lines
3: Uh yeah so this one um, which you can imagine is all but culty shit. A scientist, fin- uh, sorry, a scientist who works for a secret government agency that studies zodiac signs. <laughs> <What? laughs> <Fuck. laughs> this secret govern- government agency into zodiac signs finds himself against a dangerous Indian cult led by a powerful enigmatic man. All right, so that's an hour and 19 minutes long. Oh, right? thank god, <laughs> an hour and 19. Um, and yeah, uh, like everything that I have read about this. Well, here, here, here you go. Uh, this utterly strange, ludicrous, and somewhat fascinating pile of trash mixes <laughs> astrology, CIA intrigue. <laughs> Jim Jones type mass murder and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Dude, oh, wow. this might be another Mafia massacre oh, style. Oh man, This I'm, could yeah. this could be dude, This could be your new favorite movie. <laughs> you never know. You strap yourself in for this motherfucker. So yeah, so we'll be doing the astrologer, aka suicide cult. And sh- oh, I was gonna say Shogun Assassin. That's not right. We we'll just done that one. <laughs> Let's just do and it again. Christmas Evil. Let's just do it again. <laughs> Let's fuck these movies. We'll just do Dawn of the Dead, and Shogun Assassin again. <laughs> on a fucking loop See, so yeah, Christmas Evil, um, AKA you better watch out, and the Astrologer, AKA Suicide Club, coming your way in one month's time. Mark Ball, you do a ton of awesome shit out there on the internet. I know you've been pining for some gardening. I've been reading your posts. somewhere yep. Mark, give
4: it time. Um, All the yeah. best
3: things come to those that
4: wait. Belly aching about the weather, yeah. I'll, I'll try <laughs> keep that to a minimum. Yeah, I, I, f- I finally fixed the social medias, so you can find me at the fancy mark on both Instagram and Twitter, just to keep it easy to remember. And because some fuckwad has those names fucking swiped that don't use their. <laughs> I, 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 I oh, just want just, out. I want just fancy mark, but some asshole is squatting on both of those on fucking Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. Uh, I also found out there is another YouTube channel called just Fancy Space Mark, and it's like some kind of fucking, uh, like, uh, My Little Pony Furry type bullshit. I'm not really entirely sure, but I may have to change the name of the fucking YouTube channel now, too, because that's not, that's not gonna work, and I didn't realize that they could let <laughs> two, uh, two accounts be named the exact same thing on YouTube, so... We, we ain't playing that game, so uh, <laughs> for, for now, go over there and find the one that's got the leather face for the face or for the the, the, the profile picture or whatever on YouTube. That's, that's me. That's where the Video Nasty playlist is at whenever I can uh, s- grab these while they're o- actually online and throw them in the playlist there to keep it easy for some of these harder to find ones. I, I'll double check on the two. I, like I said, Christmas Evil is pretty easy to find. Yeah, yep. I, I think that might be on Shutter now actually too, because I think Joe Bob did that for an episode at some point. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll check on the other one. But uh, <laughs> the astrologer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about it for me. You you got a new show on the Teapots Collective, don't you? I didn't I hadn't yeah, heard about this yeah.
3: So <laughs> dropped the first episode for Jaws as Shite and other outrageous outbursts. Uh, sorry, other regrettable outbursts, um, which is like a brand new show where me and the bass from Podcast Under the Stairs sit down with Scott and Liam from Scott and Liam vs. Evil once a month, get tanked up on alcohol, uh, <laughs> talk about the weirdest news stories we can find. We each bring one weird news story per episode, and then uh, inevitably just devolves into conversations about things we deeply regret. We've done. <laughs> so. First episode's out there. You can check it out um, by, the easiest way to do it is go to tputtscast.com where you can find all the shows including this one and click the link there for it. Uh, Or go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash grips forward slash regrettable pod. And yeah, that first episode's dropped. Uh, We we dubbed it Blackhawk Double Down. You will get that when you start listening to it there's a, a direct reference in there to, to, to that but yeah so that's out um, we'll see how long that lasts uh, I, I I put it to one a month because I think we should be able to handle that but um, like having been on an ensemble cast show with you before Mark Mm -hmm. you know that trying to work everything for everyone's time it's one of the reasons I I primarily podcast myself Uh, it's because I don't have to worry about other people's Timeframes is one of the reasons that this shows only once a month. It's because I can guarantee at one time a month mean you can sit down and record. So, yeah. um, but since as as you're starting to juggle multiple people, it becomes a logistical nightmare. So, uh, hopefully, people enjoy it. Um, if you get a chance, listen to Mark um, <laughs> and try and work at what we're saying because that's going to be the hard... Like I am trying to pull people, three people who have much more. Scottish accents than I do, <laughs> and remind them whilst they're drinking that Americans may be listening. Um,
4: I need subtitles and fucking shit for this podcast.
3: <laughs> we'll get them overdubbed. Um, <laughs> I might lose something in the translation. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too sure. But yeah, so that that's out there as well. Uh, as well as like, there's so much stuff happening on the Teapots Collective at the moment. You can check out where to begin with. Uh, these are all the other shows that I never promote on this one. Uh, Where to Begin With, which is started its second season, looking at found footage, mockumentaries, and faux documentaries. Um, so we're running through that. So it's a ten-part series, and I picked movies that I think you should see if you want to get a good ground in, in all of them. Unlike the previous season, which looked at giallo, so it was kind of more specific in the horror genre, this one is jumping genres, so we're going all over the shop. Uh, movie number two, which is out there for, for people to check out, is On Fear of a Black Hat, which is one of my favourite. Oh, man, uh, I haven't seen that in years. Oh, so fucking good, so good. Um, Opera Omnia is back with season three. Uh, me and Bo Ransdell working through that at the moment for David Fincher. Um, as we speak just now, the week before, um, the episode second episode of season three is out for the second David Fincher movie, which is a little movie called Seven so (laughs) heavy fucking hitter Um, so yeah that's out there as well and yeah uh, Chronicle will be coming back it was supposed to come back in March it's likely to be April now because the series is going to be shorter and I want it to run in the middle of the year when you know I have all the free time doing the summer series (laughs) Right. Um, yeah so like tons of stuff out there please go and give it a like but make sure you keep up to date with what's happening with the nasties, and myself and Mark will be back in one month's time to talk about CIA zodiac signs, and um, (laughs) disgruntled workers who think they're Santa. Um, It's going to be a weird combination, (laughs) we're going to be here to hold your hand and take you through it, in fact, in some cases, don't watch the movies, let us watch them and then listen to us talk about them and then make up your mind, (laughs) sometimes better. I know some of them are desperate to watch them, but yeah let us no, do the dirty work no, for you yeah there's no way i can give the stamp of approval to a movie like the astrologer until i've seen it so <laughs> just letting you know um but yeah until then take care of yourselves out there folks mark would you like to say goodbye goodbye t- be good
4: to each other god damn it
3: yes it's not difficult to treat <laughs> people like humans It really isn't. I I feel like I feel like this is like is is a push for people now. Don't let it be a push for you. Treat people like you yourself would like to be treated. Unless you enjoy getting pissed on, then have some have some thought for your common man before you whip your dick out and pee on (laughs) me. Um, Not everyone's a priest in Rawhead Rex. That's all I'm saying. It should be a T-shirt. That should be a (laughs) T-shirt. Not everyone is a priest. (laughs) There we go. All right, until we speak to you the next time, take care. Bye, everyone. Bye. They were called nasties, and they were
1: nasty. Some of the things that we've seen are so horrific. These films not only affect young people, but I believe they affect adults as well.
2: An extravaganza of gory violence, capable of depraving and corrupting those who watched it.
1: I have never seen a video, mister. I wouldn't. I actually don't need to see what I know is in that film.